All right, well, as always, it's good to be here, and the beauty of the church is, I mean, how many of you here feel like you actually receive more than you give? Uh, like, I, I tell people that all the time, like, yeah, I go, to, I go to Midtown Baptist Temple. I could even say that, if, uh, yeah, I could even say that if I didn't go to Midtown Baptist Temple, because I know, like, that's the nature of the church, is I'm always receiving more than I'm giving, and uh Allie and I, we get to be a part of Kaya ministry, and um, so many of you, maybe I say this every time, that like I only get to speak a couple of times a year. Um, they, won't give it, they won't give me more time than that. <laughs> but um, so many of you are farther along in the faith um, at your age than I was when I was that age. Um, I'm 35 now. I went to UMKC, started at, uh, at 20, at the year tw- uh, I was 20 years old when I started at UMKC. And um, I was in a tailspin uh, by the time I was, I was done with college. Um, I just didn't trust the Word of God, and I didn't know what to make of it. And so many of you guys are, um, are being built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You're being built on the Word of God. And it's, just, it's, it's so encouraging, and I'm challenged by your boldness. I'm challenged by the, way that, the ways that you guys intentionally go out um, into the city, to make friends, um, you guys throw a sick dance party, uh, <laughs> and uh, especially when you guys do like the hoedown or whatever, like the, yeah, right? Um, is that the right term for that? That doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> all right, so we're going to continue in Romans 5. We've been going through the book of Romans, and I'm going to pick up right where Brandon left off. We were in the middle of it. And we're going to be starting in Romans 5, verse 12. So why don't we kick this off with a word of prayer, right? Heavenly Father, you're so good to us. And the fact that we have your words, we cannot say... Um, and we cannot express how, how grateful we are to um, be able to know your mind, to know the truth, um, for the veil, the scales of our eyes to be um, removed so that we can see who you are, that we can see your kingdom. And um, that's what we're going to learn about today. And I just pray, Lord, that you would speak, that your word would go forth in power. I pray that you would pierce my heart. I pray that you would pierce my brothers' and sisters' hearts and that uh, we would be uh, both humbled and uh, made, made bold, um, that a fire would be put inside of us to uh, tell others of the severity of the wrath of God and the incredible overflow of love that you have for us. The, the crazy extent that you will go to see um, everyone saved that wants to be saved. So, just thank you for that. Um, we love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, so let's start off. I'm just going to read through this, and I will be very upfront. This passage is a mouthful. Like, I had to read this over and over again, and like, what is Paul saying? Um, But, so we're going to start out just by reading it, and then we'll just start breaking it apart, 
and going through it, okay? So starting Romans 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, and then parentheses, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgressions, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be, be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so... By the righteous of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Verse 20, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so going back to verse 12. All right, the first word we see is wherefore. And uh, I always think about family camp. I can't remember the, the, guy, the pastor's name, but he used to sing from stage. Um, and uh, he'd always, he said, what for? Like, whenever you see wherefore, you need to ask what for, okay? And uh, so, what, like, what are we talking about? Um, why is he saying these things that he's saying? Well, um, this is a good time to review. So we're going to back it up and actually just look at um, the first part of chapter 5, just to refresh our, ourselves before we dive into this. So uh, this is interactive. Feel free to chime in, okay? But um, verses 1 through 5, okay? So we're being told that we are showered with blessings, when we're justified by faith in Jesus Christ, okay? And then we're given a list of those blessings, and it's not exhaustive, and yet somehow it encompasses a whole slew of things, okay? So do any of you guys remember what some of those blessings are that we find when we're justified in Christ? Feel free to spit them out, verses 1 through 5. Can you say it louder? We have We have access to what? Access to God the Father. Okay. Peace with God. Peace with God. Say it louder. Patience. Patience. Okay. Spared from the wrath to come. Spared from the wrath to come. Okay. Rejoicing. Rejoicing. Any other things? Inheritance. What did it say it again? Yes. Inheritance. It's good. Hope. Verse 5, confidence through the love of God. Did I take yours? 
Sorry about that. And then, um, last but not least, verse 5 talks about us having the Holy Ghost. What a gift that is, right? Okay, so these things can be summarized, verses 6 through 8, that um, Christ died for sinners. And that from that, we received two things, okay? The first one is salvation. And Brandon talked about this last week. We received salvation. Salvation from what? The wrath of God, okay? So that's kind of like, uh, I mean, that's, that, that's like stepping out of the negative. Um, you know, like we're, we're stepping out of what we deserve, this wrath of God. And if, um, if you're visiting or you weren't here last week, um, I'm brushing over um, a lot of heavy topics um, you can always find this online if you want to go back and actually get more of a deep dive of what we're talking about right at this moment. But, um, yeah, the first thing that we get is we get deliverance from the wrath of God. Um, when we're justified, it's as if we never sinned. It's just as if we had never sinned. Okay, so, so we've been delivered from the wrath of God. We've been delivered from hell. We've been delivered from death. Um, but it goes farther than that. It's not just that we um, got pulled out of the fire, but it's, it's not just salvation, but it's also relationship with God that we receive. So uh, again, we're not just pulled out of darkness and then we're in the gray. Okay, so we're like, it's if, if we're looking at a, a number spectrum and we were in the negative, it's not like we're just pulled to zero, but we're actually thrown into infinity in the positive, okay? Because we have relationship with God. And that, we, we have joy in God through reconciliation. That's verse 11. So let's just read that, because that's a good segue into verse 12, okay? And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Atonement means reconciliation. So we were once not reconciled to God, okay? I was talking to a coworker this week, and he had this hypothetical situation. He was like, he asked me, um, if, a, if a father abandoned his son and his, uh, his relationship with his father was, was completely not, not there, he lived his own life, never talked to his son, and then the son grew up and figured out the cure for cancer, cured cancer. And, uh, and this father that was an absentee, he was on his deathbed, and his, and his son finally goes and sees him. And his son says, I'm sorry, and, and his father says, son, I'm so proud of you. My, my coworker said, does he have the right to claim that pride? I thought about that for a moment, and we were going. We were walk, We were taking a walk around the um, the office building, and and I thought about it. And the reality is, people can claim whatever they want. If somebody wants to be proud about something else that somebody else does, that's like that's that's their own prerogative. Um, for somebody to tell somebody else, you know, Haley, I'm pr- I'm proud of you for you know the accomplishment you did. Um, Brayden, I'm proud of you for, for wrestling. You make me so proud. I can say that if I want, 
the, the question isn't, can somebody claim that? But the real question is, does, does that have weight for the person that's saying it to the person that's receiving it? So, you know, I don't know Haley very well. Um, you know, I can, I can say, like, you know, I'm really proud of you for um, the way that you help with the children in Kidtown. Or, you know, like, um, and, and that might carry some weight. But when God, creator of the universe, when we've been estranged from him, God isn't the father that abandoned us. We're the, we're the prodigal son and daughters that walked away from him. And he has every right to really say whatever he wants. And, and he's pursuing us. And he's saying, I love you. And that carries weight. Because we're the ones that abandon him. It's like that whole hypothetical situation that my coworker had is just flipped on its head. And so this is, this is where we're entering into with, chapter, or with uh, verse 13. So, before we get into it, and we don't have much time, so I might just blaze through some of this, okay? I think that this is really helpful in understanding this, so we'll read this, okay? So, wherefore, as by one man, now who is this one man? (laughs) Who said Jesus? (laughs) Okay. Whereas by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgressions, who is the figure of him that was to come. Okay, so if we could go to the next slide here. Okay, so the first thing that I think is helpful in understanding this passage to get our minds around it is that all things multiply after their own kind. And this is something that a theme that you will see throughout the Bible. And you guys can just write this down. We won't be able to, just for sake of time, hit it all, but uh, if you want to write Genesis 1, verses 11 through 12, verses 21 through 22, verses 24 through 25 and 28, and then also Matthew 7, verses 16 through 20. I will just read you uh, a little bit from this. So Genesis 1, verses 11 and 12. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed and the fruit yielding and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Okay, so I, I think this is one of the most like, amazing things uh, in the Genesis account. Um, to me, it's just, it's, uh, it's brilliant, and, it, and it's a marvelous thing. 
God created living things like plants, humans, trees, and they're able to reproduce after their own kind. Okay? Um, and, and man is trying to figure this out right now, how we can do that with stem cell research and things like that. Um, but this is something that God had from the beginning set in motion. And I've asked my kids this, you know, like we'll look at, we don't have any like apple trees, but hypothetically I'll be like, I mean, I'll, I'll just say like, hey, you know, if there's an apple tree in our yard, what kind of fruit is it going to produce? And I mean, what's it going to produce, right? Is it going to produce an orange? Is it going to produce a kiwi? You know, it's like, it's such a no brainer and we kind of take it for granted, but like, it's such a dependable principle, Okay that we will yield fruit after our kind. Okay, so again, going to, um, well, we'll go one more passage, Matthew 7. And Jesus probably breaks this down better than I ever could. Not probably, he does break it down better than I ever could. Let's speak in an absolute for once. Okay. Matthew 7, verse 16. Ye shall know them by their fruits... Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Okay? Now, this is, Jesus is talking about spiritual fruit, but um, going back to uh, my coworker, his, hypo, his hypothetical story, well, it turns out that as we're talking, he actually shares with me that his dad was a jerk, that this hypothetical situation um, wasn't so hypothetical other than the fact that he hasn't cured cancer, <laughs> and that he, he didn't have this good relationship with his father, And um, he, I started telling him about this principle of like, oh, well, that's in, like, this is in the Bible about, you know, the, the whole, the apple doesn't fall away from, like, far from the tree. That the Bible kind of talks about that in that a tree will bear fruit after its kind and that it will continue to reproduce like it. And so his response to me was, well, that kind of sounds like, um, basically, uh, like the the opposite of free will, which would be. Anybody got a term for that? Determinism, maybe. <laughs> but um, just basically that uh, you know. So, for instance, let's say you guys had a bad parent. Okay, um, maybe they were terrible with finances, um, and so you grew up like you didn't have enough food. Um, and maybe somebody blew all the money gambling, okay? So if, if you take the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, okay? Well, with that, if you ran with that to an extreme, then that would mean, well, okay, if your parents have a gambling problem, then you have to have a gambling problem when you get to a certain age. And we all know that that's not the case. Now, do, people do struggle, right? If, if you have an alcoholic parent, it's likely that you might struggle with addiction in some format, 
So there's some truth to that, but also, um, like I have another coworker that um, he's living debt-free. Um, he's like really good with his finances. He's got like money put aside. He's almost got his house paid off. And I asked him, uh, I was just like, you know, what inspired you to do that? Or how did you, like, how did you get to where you're at? Okay. And his response was, my parents were terrible examples. Like, there were times when we barely had food to, to eat, and I didn't want that for my family, okay? And so he actually saw what his parents were doing wrong, that bad example in terms of finances, and then he was able to kind of start a new path. But here's the truth that we need to understand as believers, and here's the truth that we need to be taking to our friends, okay? And it goes like this. You can escape your parents' specific sins, but you cannot escape sin. Okay? I'm going to say that again. You can escape your parents' specific sins, but you cannot escape sin. Okay? Now, why is that? Why can't we escape sin? Well, let's go back to what this is saying. Okay? So go back to Romans. Why do I not have Romans 5 bookmark? Okay. Going back to Romans 5, okay? It says here, As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Okay? So here's the reality. We are all from Adam. We are all from Eve. And Adam and Eve sinned. And, and I would encourage you, we don't have time for this, but go back and read Genesis 13. Just re- I'm sorry, Genesis 3. Just read it out loud. And, uh, you know, I was listening to, uh, or I was reading the news the other day, and in the Wall Street Journal, I think it was, um, there's a new book coming out. It's called Adam and Eve and Us. Okay. And I was listening to an interview of of this author. Um, I read the article. And you can Google, like, there's a video of this guy being interviewed. And um, he he starts talking about how um, Eve gets such a bad rep for the past, like, 2,000 years. Like, she's been blamed for for being a temptress to Adam. And uh, she's, be, she's been blamed for, like, eating of the fruit. And what this author's intent is that um, we can actually start reading the Genesis account and that um, there are things that the church has kind of uh, imposed upon Scripture but that aren't really there. And so he starts talking about how... Um, Adam and Eve were actually, they were just a singular, um, like, asexual being that God then kind of split in two, okay? Which, if you read scripture, that's not the case. So, um, that's actually him imposing uh, on scripture. Um, There are some things that I think he says that are good, uh, just in terms of, like, and, like, like, you'll hear Dan or some of our pastors, when they're going through the wedding process of uh, marrying a couple, they'll say, you know, Eve wasn't created from Adam's head or his foot, but from his side, and, and they're to be, um, 
you know, they're, they're equals in, in some sense. And, uh, but then uh, he starts talking about how Eve was not designed to be a helpmeet for Adam. And so you see him imposing these things on scripture. He starts talking about how, um, you know, Adam and Eve had this hardship. Their one son murdered their other son. But you know what? Love overcame it. Love overcame that hardship. And they were able to start again and have another child. And, like, they kind of paint this beautiful, you know, this beautiful picture of love overcoming. Dude, your kids killed each other, all right? <laughs> like, that's a bad, that's a bad, okay, that's a bad thing. But then, um, let's not forget that what happened after their children begat children begat children. We had the days of Noah. There was so much violence on the earth. Reset. Tower of Babel. We're going to be like God. We're going to come to we're going to come together as one. That sounds a lot like actually our day today. Yeah. Let's have a collective mind. Let's crowdsource and crowdfund and let's um, through like let's through Wikipedia define history together. And I've 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 no problems with the Wikipedia. I actually reference it often, so this isn't like a slam. <laughs> But it's a, spirit of, uh, it's a spirit of our age. And I'm, I guess I'm just going to keep on re- referring to my coworker, um, just because that, that was a conversation I had this week that just really impacted me because he gave me a lot to think about. And I think that he's a great reflection of how the world thinks. But uh, we were talking about the problems of humanity, and I asked, so what is your solution for humanity? And he said, Education. If people can get educated, then we will figure things out. And this is not what Scripture is teaching here in Romans 5, is that Adam sinned, and in his sin was death. And that that, just in the same way that every tree of the garden, that every plant of the garden, every person in the garden, that... They reproduced after their kind. Adam and Eve, in their, in their sin nature, when they had children, that was passed on. And that is inescapable. You might be able to escape your parents' specific sins, but you cannot escape sin. Okay, so key point number two. In Adam, sins abo- sin abounds... And death reigns. Now, the the beauty of this chapter is that there is a compare and contrast that we see of Adam, the first human, right? And Jesus Christ, the second Adam, that... um, in some ways, they are very similar, and yet, in some ways, they very much um, are completely different. And I was thinking about this, and, and just this way of um, being able to compare and contrast, and it made me think of, um, so I have a company crush. I don't know if any of you guys uh, 
maybe I love my job too much, but like I've got um, a crush on this company called MailChimp. And if, if I lived in Atlanta, I would do whatever I could to work for this company. All right. But um, they, uh, they're, they're just excellent in, um, in brand and they're excellent in communication. And one of the things that they did to define their company was they actually chose brand traits, okay? So this is who we are, and they list them off. Um, but then also to make the understanding of their brand, both for their employees and also for those that um, are the, you know, the recipients of their services, they also contrasted those traits with what they're not, okay? So I'm going to read you a couple of these. So MailChimp has this little logo. Um, I should have put it up here, but... For sake of time, I didn't have. Um, but it's basically this monkey with a messenger bag. He's just super goofy, okay? So this is, this is their brand traits. They're fun, but not childish, okay? They're funny, but not goofy, all right? Powerful, but not complicated. Hip, but not alienating. Easy, but not simplistic, trustworthy, trustworthy, but not stodgy, informal, but not sloppy. Okay, so do you see how they, they give one adjective, but then they put another adjective next to it, um, and it's a small nuance, but it starts to give a little bit more understanding of who they are, okay? And so, like, just, you know, an, an example... Um, informal but not sloppy okay there are people that are sloppy they show up and maybe they just smell bad um and uh (laughs) or you know their shirt's untucked right and there's something about them that's like very sloppy but brandon had his shirt untucked today he wasn't sloppy so do you see how like having that like understanding and that contrast okay so those are like small little nuances. And what's happening here in scripture in this is it starts, it starts talking about Adam and how death and sin reigned in him, okay? And then all of a sudden it starts showing Jesus and how grace abounded and how life abounded. And it starts to show the magnitude of the grace. It starts showing the magnitude of the life in contrast to Adam. Okay, so whereas the silly example of MailChimp that I've told you, they're putting things like they're putting two little points next to each other that are are very close and similar, um, and yet some ways like it, it's just a small nuance. Okay, what the scriptures are doing here is they're saying Adam and his seed and the sin and death is over here, and Jesus Christ, how great is his grace. How great is the life that abounds through the righteousness that's bestowed upon his saints. And it's like this. Okay? And yet some ways Jesus and Adam are similar. But how are they similar? It's that a seed or a tree or a plant or a living thing will multiply after its own kind. And so there's this similarity that they share and that they have a nature and they pass it on to their children. Okay? 
Adam had sin and death, and that death reigned, and that was passed upon humanity. Jesus Christ, through him, in him, is grace and life. And for those that are saved, for those that are in Christ, but those that get into the ark of salvation, those children are going to get the nature of God. So that's what these scriptures are doing. So it's going back and forth. It's kind of ping-ponging, all right? So let's get back into the text here. Let's start with 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Compare and contrast. There was an offense, there was a free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment, Adam, right, was by one to condemnation. But the free gift, Jesus, is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned, by one... Much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, Adam, even so, by the righteousness of one, Jesus, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, Adam, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one, Jesus, shall many be made righteous. Do you see that this is really, the scripture is like putting a, a little table for you. It's putting, a, you know, at the, at the top, there's two headings. There's Jesus and there's Adam. And then it's talking about the sin and death. Okay, so let's go to key point number three. You can only have one of two fathers. This is one of the first lessons that we see in our directions material. You can only have one or two fathers. Okay, for my coworker, he's got his physical father. All right? And it sounded like, from what he told me, that they didn't have a good relationship. Um, you can have an amazing father or a mother, um, but I'm not talking about a physical parent. We all have a spiritual father, and it can only be one of two. So let's turn to John eight thirty nine through 47. John eight thirty nine. We'll just read a little bit of it. And they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus saith unto him, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. 
This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Verse 43. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. We can only have one of two fathers. And this is a harsh thing to say, but sometimes the truth is harsh. You can either have a father in heaven, or you can have the father of darkness, the father of lies. My coworker, as we were talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, I've heard that scholars actually found out that it's actually just the tree of knowledge. That's not the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's just a tree of knowledge. And that um, religious people, religious leaders wanted to withhold knowledge in the early centuries because, if, because knowledge is power. And so you can rule over people if you hold back knowledge. And again, he's very misinformed on a lot of things. Um, but it was so interesting to me as he was saying that. What he was saying was um, the exact same thing that Satan whispered to Eve. God wants to hold back knowledge of you. God is trying to hold back from you because he's scared that you will be like him. And I actually told my, my coworker this. I was like, that's exactly, like, what the argument that you're talking about right now is exactly what Satan said to Eve. And the Bible says that you are either of your father in heaven or you are of the your father, the devil. You cannot, you cannot, be, you cannot be one or the other. It's, it, this is a black and white thing. All right, and then if we can go... Um, so John 3, 3, 1 through 6. Here's the reality. Is that... There's a separation um, between the light and darkness. John 3, 1 through 6. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher. Come from God. No man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, 
he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. See, what this passage is saying is that in Adam was the flesh, and that flesh will be inherited and multiplied, and that without Christ, we're stuck in that sin pattern. But in Christ, there is life and there is grace. And let's finish reading here in Romans, the last two verses, 20 and 21. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. The sin abound. It abounds in my life. Uh, I'm confident that it abounds in your life. And in these earlier verses, it talks about that death, sin leads to death and death reigns. Okay? But here's the reality for those that are in Christ. Let's keep reading. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Grace did much more abound. Verse 21. That as sin hath reigned unto death. Sin reigned unto death. Even so, might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. The work of Jesus Christ on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, that produces a grace that reigns through righteousness unto eternal life. So one question you know, that I have to ask is just, is grace reigning in your life? Like, think about that word reigning, that weight that that carries. Is grace reigning in your life? And now as I was reading this, I had to ask this question, verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death, okay? That as sin hath reigned unto death. That's a, that's an, that's a fact that's going to happen. For all of humanity, sin is going to reign unto death. Even so, might grace. Why is that word might there? Why isn't it all the more grace reign? Why, why, why is it asking that word might? Or why, does, why is that word might there? Say that again. It's a choice. That's what Connor said. And I agree. Uh, that was for the recording. <laughs> um, just wanted to give you credit. Um, the gift of God is a choice, and it has to be received. It's not something that is going to be forced upon anybody, but it's something that must be chosen. And so... Um, you know, I mean, I look around the room and I think I know most of you fairly well. And, you know, my assumption is that, um, most of us here are in Christ. Um, but 
Uh, you know, I'll just throw out here that uh, if this uh, if this message is in any ways um, just sounding like gobbledygook to you, um, the Bible says that unless you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God, and that you cannot escape sin outside of Jesus Christ. Um, we saw earlier Romans three twenty three. All have sinned and, shall, and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay? And uh, that is the most inclusive message. That's the most welcome. Like, all have fallen, fallen short of God. Okay? And so I just invite you that if, you, if, if sin feels like it's raining in your life, that, um, that now is a great time to talk about that with somebody, to pray about that. If sin is reigning in a loved one's life, um, that is not what God intended for us. God intended for grace to reign, for life to reign. And so if, that, if, if a loved one that you know of is struggling with sin where it's overwhelming them, now is a good time to get together with somebody to pray for them. To ask that God would um, would bring their truth would bring the truth to them. Let's uh, let's just take a moment to pray, and I just invite the worship team to come up. Lord, I love the contrast that you show in this scripture um, that just shows really how hopeless humanity is outside of you. Um, We often and so often try to find um, solutions to life, um, to epidemics in uh, education, in our own goodness in our works in humanitarian aid. Um, and God, these things, you know, they can be good, but they still don't solve for the sin condition. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that walk in the truth of the gospel, that we walk in light, and that, God, your grace would reign in our lives, that we would cast off that old man, Adam, and that we would put on the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would be so far from darkness, from death and sin, um, that we would daily die and be inside of you, Christ. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.